And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I can't wait to talk about why we need to be selfish and what that really means because I'm going to talk to the podcast host, of the show Selfish and visibility expert, Allie Martin. What I love is we talk about why being intentional and setting our priorities for what we do put on our calendar and don't put on our calendar is so important and why self-care can let us keep building a business and building a life we love. So take a listen. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Allie Martin. She's the owner of Fame and Fortune. She's a visibility expert, and she is also the podcast host of the show Selfish. Welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Me too. You have so many good things to share from working in the communications industry for so long and then starting your own business and all the messages you share about self-care. So I'm looking forward to it. Can you start off with sharing a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and your backstory with us? Yeah, absolutely. My journey began whenever I was a senior in high school and I had a mental breakdown because I was filling out college applications and the question anticipated major came up. And I did not know the answer to that. So luckily, my mother walked me through that and said, well, you're really enjoying your TV production classes. I really only cared about theater at the time. I That was what I ate, slept, and breathed. And so, but my parents weren't going to let me go to college to do theater. So they said, why don't you go into broadcast journalism? That's kind of a mix of theater. It's kind of, uh, you get to use your TV production um, skills that you've been working on. So I received my degree in broadcast journalism, political science, and theater. I was able to get that theater in because I was able to pull in a uh, those other two aspects. Uh, Really still wasn't sure what I was going to do with that. I had done an internship for TV and thought it really maybe wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I really liked the aspect of telling a story. So um, after college, I immediately got into a career of public relations and it ended up being the perfect blend for me because I was able to use that broadcast journalism degree by uh, telling the story of a company and instead of telling it to the uh, world through a TV uh, report, I was able to tell that story to the TV reporter who was then able to pass that story along. So it was the the perfect industry and um, career for me. I worked in that industry for more than 10 years. And at the height of my career, I was working at the International Spa Association, traveling to spas all around the world, getting to meet with self-care experts. And I was working with them on their public relations, their social media, their marketing. But uh, while I was in that space, I was 
finding these really fascinating people that were giving such helpful insight. And um, I started recording them on my cell phone. And so it's wild because I would like take a voice memo and just say, like, can I record our conversation, record it? And then I would email it out to friends and family. And somebody finally said to me, you know, you could just upload this to a podcast platform and make this a podcast. So that's really how my podcast was born. But through my podcast, I was interviewing entrepreneurs and uh, self-care experts. and. Through that experience, it really gave me the courage to start my own business because after working at the International Spa Association, I um, took on a role at Amazon as their PR director for the Southeast region of the United States. So I traveled all the time from Texas to Florida up to Tennessee and Virginia, would work on media interviews and press conferences with Amazon's leadership. And whenever I was laid off from that job, I finally made the decision that I was capable and ready to start my own business, Fame and Fortune. So that is really how I got to where I am today. So great. So tell me, Allie, for someone else that might be in a similar position where they either still have their job or maybe they've recently, you know, especially during last year during COVID, lost their job. How were you finally willing and able to take that step into starting your own business, like from the mindset perspective and just taking the leap? So I will say I had um, made the comment multiple times in my life that I never wanted to own my own business. I came from a family of business owners. I came married into a family with my husband owning his own heating and air conditioning business. Um, He came from a family of all small business owners. I saw the struggles. I saw uh, the the grit and the stress that came with owning your own business. And I, I wanted nothing to do with that. But I was encouraged by so many people whenever I would reach out to my contacts and say, hey, I've been laid off. If you hear of anything, let me know. And time and time again, they would say, you need to just start your own business. And I guess it took however many times it took for me to finally listen and say, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I had a number in my head and I said, if I can start and get to this number by this date, then I'll stick with it. And if I can't, it's back to the drawing board. It's back to looking for that nine to five corporate job. So uh, I really kind of gave myself a a goal to hit, but I I credit all those people that encouraged me along the way, because I don't think I would have taken the jump if I didn't have that push behind me. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. And I love that. I talk to a lot of people that, that say something similar, which is, all right, I'm giving myself X time, which I think is great to get to some goal. It doesn't have to be their final end all be all right. But at least a goal, like you said, where I can live off of this, or it's my stretch goal, whatever it is for the person, it depends. But I think that's really important because to your point, it might not be month one. It is for some people. And some people it might be a couple months in or longer. But to your point, you're like, okay, you know what, I'm going to try it, but I need a stopping point for now, or at least for it to be my full-time thing. So I think that's, I think that's good. And I think it's good for people to hear that, you know, whether they're starting with a side hustle or starting with their uh, trying to do it full-time, 
you know, you do have to have a revenue goal and try to go after it. So I think that's really good. Especially when you think about everybody else that started a business before you, they, they were starting at zero as well. I think that's a big mindset hurdle that a lot of people struggle with overcoming is, well, I'm looking at everybody else and I'm not anywhere close to where they are right now. But I'm, but you're not thinking about where they were when they started. And so uh, keeping that in mind and then um, I'm a planner. So I, I had to have that uh, fallback of a, a goal and then working towards it. And then once I hit it, it's like, oh, wow, there's really no limit. There's no cap on this. And that's where it really starts to open up. And you think, why did I wait so long? That's what most people say is, is it, it's the first couple steps, the first couple clients that often is the hardest to get them kind of secured and, and get it coming in. And then, like you said, it's kind of like, hold on, I just <laughs> yeah. did this and I can do it. And now you have more confidence to kind of go do it, you know, get more clients or more money or whatever it is. That's cool. So let me ask you while we're talking about starting a business, what has been maybe the biggest thing you've celebrated or the best thing that's happened to you in the last two years of having your uh, business fame and fortune? This is an easy one for me because I think it will always go down in history as uh, never being able to replicate it quite like it happened. But whenever I was starting out, I got a lot of clients on the social media aspect, but then my public relations, that was a little bit harder to kind of sell business owners on the importance of it and also the value of being uh, highlighted by the media. So I took a week and I thought I'm going to pitch myself to some big top tier media outlets. And then maybe I can share some results from that and be able to um, kind of share that as a, as a case study of what can be um, what's possible. And believe it or not, I was able to get it on, get on the Rachel Ray show and CNN's Anderson Cooper. And actually both episodes aired uh, within two days of each other. So it was a little bit wild that week on social media. I was kind of like, Hey guys, tune in. I'm going to be on Rachel Ray this week uh, because I couldn't talk about the episode or that I was on the episode until like two days before they, they like don't let allow you to have that clearance until they know for sure that it's airing. And so I was able to share that. And then it was like turned around and a couple of days later, I was like, and now I'm going to be on CNN and people were like, what is going on? Like, it was just mind blowing to think that I could get that top tier of features just for myself having been a three or four month old business and be able to land them just like that. It'll never happen again. Oh, I'm sure it will, but I know. (laughs) No, that's amazing. That's, that's impressive. And like you said, how great is that? That one, you obviously got more exposure. It helps with getting your, your future clients at that point. And then it also helps to let you know, like, Hey, wait a minute. Like I'm doing okay here. Like I'm good at my job. Right. So that's fantastic. So let me ask you, what about on the other side of that? Is there something that's been the challenge or the obstacle that's been the one of the hard things you've had to step through in the last two years? Yeah, I would say um, cancel culture is something that I am seeing impact my clients on a regular basis. And it's one of those things, it's it's almost a fear of saying the wrong thing or being very sensitive and, and really thinking through your messaging. And while I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, um, it has definitely kind of 
put some pressure on people to really not be so free with their uh, their thoughts or um, their messaging. And that can be, you know, sometimes detrimental to a business because um, we need to be telling our story. We need to be getting our message out there. And when there's a fear that if I say one wrong word or, or say the wrong thing, that cancel culture is going to come after me, that can, that can really start to damper um, that openness. So I think that is really the biggest challenge that I've come across over the last two years that maybe I hadn't experienced in any other um, career or, or role previously. Um, publicists always have a, an emergency plan. We have messaging that's already written up in case of, if this happens, this is what we'll say. Um, we already we always have a plan for that. No one had a plan for COVID. So um, I had a ton of clients coming to me saying, what should I say? What should I do? And um, that's really the opportunity we had to kind of step up and say, all right, let's let's decide. Let's figure this out. Um, my clients are looking to me for that. So, you know, I think a, a lot of a lot of the challenges are are simply just having to. Uh, work through issues that we have never had to work through before and, and really getting creative with how we address those. Oh, that's good. And I love that you, in a, in a make sense from a publicist perspective, you know, or visibility expert that, you know, the language you already have ahead of time for in case of emergency, because I think more, especially more small businesses that are getting started, that's such a smart thing, right? That they should probably have ready to go, at least started, you know, kind of a template. So I think that's great. So let me so often when those, when those things happen, things are running a mile a minute. So you never, it's like, that's the last, that's the worst possible time to try to come up with messaging or come up with a well thought out message. So yes, that's, that's a great call out uh, for any small business owner listening that really doesn't have any type of messaging. It can even be like a fill in the blank kind of thing. If this happens, then this is loosely what we say, but we'll fill in a few blanks. Like even that is a great start for uh, just in case. Yeah, I think that's great. I know one of the big things we're going to talk about today is a couple different aspects of self-care for people that either have a business like an entrepreneur or maybe just somebody that, you know, their perfectionist tendencies or they're just so busy. So let's jump into that. And I wanted to ask you, what is, well, I guess, first of all, you've obviously interviewed entrepreneurs on your show, Selfish or the podcast for gosh, what was it? Six, seven years or was it longer? Yeah. Yeah. We are. We're coming up on seven years. That's amazing. So you've talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs, self-care experts. So what are some of the things you've learned that you can share with us about self-care habits? Something I always ask on the show is how do you like to be selfish? Um, and I, I think that's, it, it's really such an eye-opening question because I kind of always expected people to say, Oh, I like to sleep or I like to get massages. And it's really opened my mind to all the ways that you really can practice self-care. And it really comes down to what is self-care for you because it is different for everybody. Um, and so there are definitely the traditional methods of I like to go get a pedicure. I like to get a massage, um, uh, more of the mental aspect of I meditate every day before I start my day. I, you know, practice prayer or, you know, read through a devotion before I start the day. 
I think there's really been some interesting ones lately of just choosing really high quality foods and making sure you're fueling your body with the foods that are making you feel the best. And those are the kind of suggestions that I hear from these experts that I go, yeah, it's, it's truly just can be as simple as choosing foods that are better for your body than the junk that we sometimes turn to and calling that a win at the end of the day. Like, no, I chose myself first. And, and like I said, um, early in the interview that it, it really, the podcast was really the driver to help me go out on my own because I had heard from so many successful entrepreneurs and I thought, okay, I have talked to enough of them. I have enough of their insight. I think I can pull a few of these pieces in to my journey. And so I do give a lot of credit to, to, to them being open and honest about, you know, sometimes it is just choosing the right foods that day. Now, other days we are able to kind of incorporate more of those traditional practices, but if that's your win for the day, then count it as a win because, um, some days it doesn't, doesn't happen. And, um, it can really just be those little back to the basics kind of tasks. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I was, it was a couple weeks ago. I did an interview with a, I don't remember she calls herself a new a health coach, but um, she's in, in some, a similar industry. And she talks about taking a couple times a year, a health holiday. And I thought that was such a neat topic, you know? So she's like, you know how you go on vacation? Well, instead you need to be throughout the year taking your body on vacation where you go to bed and you get enough rest and you get enough water. And like you said, you eat super well, but it was just a really nice way to think of it. You know, that Mm. sometimes your body really needs a break, right? All parts of your body to get recharged and reset. And uh, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what are some things that you um, do to create healthy self-care habits? So as a planner, I am really intentional with how I spend my time. And if something's not on my calendar, it's either not a priority or it won't get done. So uh, I am very intentional about the self-care that I do practice. So I originally was releasing self uh, selfish episodes on Sunday and I was calling it, you know, self-care Sunday. And I've since moved it to Monday mornings, but I still do practice my selfish Sundays. And, you know, that's kind of my day for, I've really have struggled with skin issues my whole life. And so I'm very intentional about let's throw a face mask on and like really give my face some love so that it'll show me some love back because when I don't, it definitely comes out. But you know, the on that same Sunday, that's when I'm meal prepping for the week, because if I don't, I'm going to turn to that junk food. And so those are, those are both tasks that I can take care of. I'm a big supplements person. I, if I have something going on, I have some uh, natural nutritional therapist friends and I come to them and say, okay, what supplements should I be taking for these migraines that I'm getting at nights? And they'll load me up. So I kind of sit down and I fill up my supplement containers. Like, again, these are really simple things that allow us to have a fulfilling week where we look can look back and say, wow, I actually did things for me and I took care of myself so that I could take care of others. But I think the biggest overarching message of really how I practice self-care is being intentional. So if it's something that is important to you, like supplements are to me, like getting my water in for the day is to me, then you will take the time to make sure that 
it is a priority for you. And that's for me, putting in the time in my calendar to sit down and do those things so that they happen during the week. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I, I have to do the same thing. I have to look at my schedule for the that day or that week and say, am I going to exercise or walk or whatever I'm doing in the morning? Or am I going to do it at lunchtime or am I going to do it at the end of the day? And now that it's summer, for instance, if I have business calls all during the day, I'm not going to go at lunchtime because I would just be, <laughs> I would be a mess, right? Um, but so I do the same thing. And like you said, I take my supplements or I do certain things at certain times of the day. So then I don't have to even schedule those in anymore, right? We just kind of becomes our pattern or our habit. So I think that's good. And I do think, especially with entrepreneurs, and you obviously know this well, having interviewed so many a lot of them do burn the candle at both ends. And sometimes they put their own self-care or time with people that they care about on the back burner, you know, thinking, oh, I'm building a new business. But I think uh, so many studies have come out that say like, no, actually you, you need to take breaks. You need to put, you know, that time into rest and prepare and spend time, quality time with the people you care about, you know? So any advice on that, on just how we try to step away from those bad patterns of behavior, especially when we're in something new. Yeah. I love this because um, self-care does not happen unless you're intentional about it and it, it doesn't just happen on accident. So um, I think that is why it's often forgotten and why it is often the first thing that gets crossed off our list when our list gets full. I describe this as, because we hear the word balance thrown out a lot. And I think with entrepreneurs, and, and I will admit this is a struggle that I have as far as knowing when to turn off and being able to turn on those other titles that we have, you know, wife or mother or daughter or whatever those titles are. Sometimes there's a, a challenge with being able to balance all of those titles. I describe it as riding a bike. So when you're riding a bike, you shift your weight from the right side to the left side. You can't ever stay on the right side because you will fall over. You have to constantly keep the ball rolling, but shifting that weight to each side. And that to me is truly how we achieve balance because We are constantly putting that energy where it needs to go at the right time. And then we're quickly shifting to the other side to make sure they feel some love, make sure they see that we are there for them. And just like when you're learning to ride a bike, you fall off and you fall off a lot. But the the key is to getting back up and getting back on and and practicing it some more. So it's it's never going to be perfect. We're going to fall off, but but really making sure that um, we kind of have that visual in our mind, I think really helps to uh, allow you to spread your time across all the areas that are important to you. I love that bike illustration. I think that's really great. Actually, I haven't heard that before. So that's super, that's a great visual to, to kind of envision. Like you said, well, yeah, it works over here. But to your point, we need all the other things and we need to be fitting them in, you know, every other turn, if you will. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yes. I have a interesting question for you. What is maybe one of the most interesting or unique self-care habits or recommendations you've had that someone shared with you on your show? 
Okay, so I have not even released this episode yet. Um, so this is an exclusive insider's tip. Um, but I recently interviewed somebody that really m- monitored the moon cycle and um, practiced her life around how the moon is cycling through and what stage of the cycle it's in. And I loved how she brought in so many aspects of nature and how the ocean, it, it, it comes in and then it comes out. And even like the temperature in the day, it's cooler in the morning and then it gets hotter and then it cools down again. There's cycles in everywhere that you look. And that was really her point of we need to be practicing that same cycle. We can't always expect ourselves to output all of this energy and not be able to come inward and find that, um, that, that knowledge and that, and, and find that rest in going inward so that we can go outward again and put more energy out. I mean, it's just with the seasons, you know, it, it gets colder in the winter to where, and it gets, um, darker for longer. And all of these things, as she was starting to, to share these, these different elements, it was so clear that we naturally should behave that same way. And I think that's something that we, you know, I could say, let's sleep more that that would all help us. Of course, I don't think that's as doable as when you really think about it in that pattern of this is a natural occurrence that I should really be looking at. And and she said, if you don't really know where to start, you can model it after the moon. But, you know, when the moon is full, full moon, then that is when our, uh, the energy is out. The energy is, um, you know, you, you can kind of say some people go even a little crazy when there's a full moon out, but, uh, you know, and then when it's in the other stages, um, maybe we're meant to be more inward and, and finding that solitude within ourselves. So that was a really interesting one that has really piqued my interest. And I can't wait to share that with my audience because I just think it's going to bring this new aha about self-care. Yeah, that's good. And you're right. I mean, I do already try to practice like I think even way back in Jack, Jack Canfield's book, Success Principles, very different from the nature side, but talks about, you know, he has prep days and you have planning days and you have rest days. Now that's not as cyclical, right? That's more weekly or monthly that, that he's talking about planning it. But I do find that sometimes we have to say today, I don't, like you said, I might still have some work to do, but I feel tired or I need to rest. And maybe, you know, once we, if we do in our own business, we can say, you know, what, I think I need to take two hours off this afternoon because I've put in enough time and I'm worn out and maybe I need a break or I need a mental break or I need to get out in nature. So, I mean, I, I'm trying now to do more of that, but I know a lot of entrepreneurs don't, but I think we need to listen to our bodies more, which is kind of what, you know, she's saying with her, the seasons of the moon is we naturally are going to have different energy, you know, feeling throughout um, a day, a week, a month, a year. And I think that's, I think you're right. I think it's really interesting. And I think if we were more in tune with, like you said, are we working till late at night? And, you know, they already say if we're on computers and our screen's late and the, is it the blue screen or the, I forget. Yeah, the blue screen. Yeah. But all these are issues. And then we wonder why we can't sleep and we're Netflix, Netflix binging. So once again, I think we too often don't pay attention to what our body's trying to tell us. We just try to push through. You're right. That awareness is key because that's the piece that she said 
if we start to become aware, we can actually see what that cycle is. And then we can start to actually plan our, our month around what happens each week. Because if I know that that's the week that I'm not going to have a ton of energy, then I don't need to be planning all of my client's content that week because I am going to get a migraine at the end of the day and burn out. So that was the piece that I thought, okay, this could be powerful. This could be really good. But I think we have to tune in. We have to be aware of, of how we're feeling and what's going on in the world to be able to connect those dots. Here's the thing. A lot of people We've just brought, been brought up in a culture that tried to tell us work, 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 you know, and, and we see productivity as necessary. I mean, in other words, the more busy we are, we're equating that to productivity when that's not true, you know, not at least not always. But I think too many people aren't giving themselves grace in the space. And I know we were going to just touch on that, but how we need to space time in between things, you know, in order to have a little break, in order to prepare. But any thoughts on that? I think you were saying that there was some suggestions you have on how we make sure we have breaks in between our yeah, busyness. Uh, not only are we needing to be intentional about what's on our schedule and making sure if it's a priority in our life, then it needs to be on our schedule. And if it's not a priority, then it also needs to come off of our schedule. But I think the piece that so many people forget about is that white space. That white space is where the goodness happens. That's where the creativity starts to flow. And I am so guilty of putting those calendar invites just back to back to back. I start the day and then the day is over. And never once did I even come up for air. And if we have our own business, why are we doing that to ourselves? Because I think so many people say, I want my own business so I can have freedom and flexibility. But yeah, we're turning around and taking that freedom and flexibility away and we're doing it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's that's the piece that when you look at it from the you know thousand foot view, it, it's okay. We we really need to to tune into this and start to give ourselves back some of that white space. Yeah. And I mean, being back full time for my working for myself again, that is one thing I'm, I am being really intentional about on Fridays. I schedule no appointments and no calls, no interviews. So it's always opened. It doesn't mean I'm not working. I might work four hours in the morning or five hours or maybe the whole day, but I leave it open. So if I want to schedule something fun or meet somebody, or I just want to do prep work or whatever it might be, maybe I have to catch up for the week. I have that flexibility of time where I'm not like, Oh no, I have four appointments booked throughout the day, you know, because of course I've had, you know, calls at four or five o'clock at night before on a Friday, but I'm like, I'm not, unless it's an exception, I'm going to leave that day open for what I decide is most important for me to get done. And that might be on occasion, it's a beach day, you know, for the afternoon or something. The other thing is I'm getting a lot more intentional with, you know, all my scheduling, uh, you know, like Calendly apps, putting instead of I'd have a really broad day, you know, when people could schedule with me and now I'm closing the gap. So it's a little bit shorter day, just so it's not because I'm not working at that time, but that way I don't have as many back to back or going late into the evening appointments, you know, or interviews or whatever they are, you know, coaching calls or something. So I think that's important, but to your point, it's because I'm being an intentional and saying, hold on, there's a reason why, you know, one of my goals was to make sure I have flexibility of time. And so for me, that means reassessing every month, how it's going and what I need to change. 
Yep. Yeah. I think the the four four day work week is really appealing to a lot of people and it's absolutely achievable. I mean, it, when you start to tell yourself, okay, I'm only going to, I'm going to get my work done in those four days or, or to your point, I'll leave Friday open. And if I have to do something in emergency, then it's there. But if not, I'm going to go have fun, make it a beach day. But I've even taken it to where I've blocked out Tuesdays for for only interviews like the one we're having right now. And that way I'm not scattered across the week and constantly going from writing to a call to a podcast interview to being on somebody else's podcast to you know bouncing around. I'm really can focus on one task and doing it really well and not bouncing all over the place. So I think it's it's it sounds so simple, but it's such a game changer once you start to enact it. Yeah. And yeah, I do talk about time blocking as well. And I do do it to some extent, but like you said, the interviews, some days I've had back to back to back all day, but other days, you know, I'm letting people schedule them. So sometimes they're not all together, but when I do time block, whatever it is, it might be just doing this, my single short episodes. I might do four or five in a session, or I, like you said, I write all my summaries or I'm working on a different part of my business, but I do, you get, I get so much more in the zone and so much more focused and I'm not distracted because I know exactly what I'm setting out to do for the next hour and a half, that it, it really is pretty amazing. You know, when you can block similar tasks together, I think it's very, it, it helps your productivity greatly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Are there any other tips you want to share about self-care or just having someone that's considering stepping into something or starting a side hustle that you want to share with the listeners? I really, I've kind of been so fascinated by this challenge that's going around right now called the 75 hard challenge. And the, the theory is that you do these certain set of activities for 75 days straight. And if you miss a day, you have to start from day one. And it's really about building some good, good basic foundation habits that allow you to practice good self-care and just good overall mental and physical health. You know, there's some variations of the challenge out there, but essentially it's, you know, working out every day, drinking a gallon of water, reading 10 pages of professional development. You know, some say uh, you're meditating every morning, but Really, the the idea is that, you know, maybe you are have been focusing on diet for the last you know few months or, or however long, and you really have been wanting to, to get that water. in. So, you know, kind of what can you do that's complementary to what you're already doing that is is really just going to take you over the top? You're you're maybe just so close to, you know, hitting that goal or or really wanting to achieve that next stage, next step. And so this type of challenge, while I have not been able to achieve it myself yet, I think it's just a really good way to to think about our self-care in general and say, okay, I admit I get really good sleep. I go to bed at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock and I don't wake up until 7 a.m. And I am really good about getting that sleep in and I don't wake up in the night. And so sleep is not something that I have to work on, but, you know, maybe it is making sure that I am getting that gallon of water in every day. And so I like kind of looking at your your overall self-care routine and picking out the pieces that you could do better in and figuring out what you need to do and practicing that on a regular basis so that it does become part of your everyday routine. Yeah, it's good. Like you said, whether you want to do this big challenge, like you mentioned, or whether you just say, I'm going to incorporate in one more healthy habit or self-care habit, 
and try to commit to it for a period of time. I think that's good. You know, it's kind of like whatever, what can you add that's going to improve your life and that maybe is doable for you, you know? Yes, for sure. So before we find out how people can reach out to you online and learn more about your offerings, do you have one thing about social media or PR that someone can have as a takeaway? Like, you know, what could we all be doing better as a small business <laughs> or an entrepreneur or whatever it might be? So I had to give a presentation. I don't I don't say I had. I, I had the opportunity to give a presentation this morning to a group. It's called the Kentucky Governor's School for Entrepreneurs. And so it's a group of high school students that are um, interested in entrepreneurship and they go away for the summer um, to a college campus and they just are inundated with all things entrepreneurship. And so I had the chance to talk to them about social media today. And I said the, you know, the The whole premise of marketing is getting people to know, like, and trust you. And the three ways you can achieve that on social media are consistency, clarity, and community. So you need to be consistent. You need to be very clear on who you are, what you do, who you serve, how you serve them. And you need to build a community around around the people that are in your industry. And so I really think those three things, whether you are just starting in your entrepreneur journey, or if you have been one for years, this is something that people struggle with. And it's, you know, it's, it's that constantly putting yourself out there or putting your face on social media that, that people kind of start to freak out and go, no, no, Allie, I don't want to do that anymore. So I have developed a, a program. It's called the Social Media Success Shortcut. And it's it's a digital download for $27. And it, it really allows people to determine who they are as, a, as an entrepreneur. And then it translates that into social media talking points, I call them. And, and then allowing you to schedule out your content for 30 minutes for the next month. So that you're only spending 30 minutes a month on your social media. And to me, that's the the best way to start building that trust factor with your potential customers is if they see that you're showing up time and time again. You're not letting three months go by before you post again because everybody says, oh, well, whenever I'm inspired next, I'll make another post. But it never happens. You never get inspired. So it's it really allows you to kind of set that time aside so that you make it happen. And then that that's really where the magic starts to, to begin. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're right. It's not like <laughs> if you have kids or anything else, you're not going to be like, oh, when I feel inspired, I'll feed them. I mean, I know it's a different <laughs> thing. We have to feed our kids. But when you said that, I thought of that. And I was like, I mean, seriously, at the end of the day, like said, it's not about how we feel. It is about showing up. And if it's a business, we have to keep being consistent and show up, just like you said. So I think those are great tips and great highlights. So thank you. So how can people connect with you online and find out more about, like you said, the download and all the other things you have going on? I am on all social media platforms at the Allie Martin and it's A-L-L-I-E. I am most often found on Instagram, but I would love to connect with any of you out there um, on any of those social media platforms out there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having this great conversation with me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Thank you so much. And I just want to wrap up by saying this. 
it's time. It's time for you to take back your life and to make choices that you want to make. Stop saying yes to the things that your sibling, your parent, your spouse, society tells you that you should say yes to. Stop saying no or ignoring the things that you feel in your heart you want to do or go after and go do those things. Let's be intentional with our time. Let's be intentional with who we spend our time with. Let's be intentional with the work we put out in the world. And let's be intentional with what we say no to. So it's up to you to prioritize and be intentional with your time so that you can spend time doing work that you care about and that you can spend time with people you love. So I would just say to you, be intentional, but make sure that you put self-care and self-development and what you need to recharge and refill yourself up comes before working more hours or not fitting in things that truly are important to you so that you can look back on your life and say, I don't have any regrets and I'm so glad I stepped out and took the risk and took these chances. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're ready to go after your dreams and define life on your terms, head on over to kristenfitch.com and download the free No Limits Workbook to help you look at different ideas in front of you and how you might create, scale, and monetize those ideas. So you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.